Hey, isn't God good? I'm going to speak a little bit early this morning because I want to give us time to worship afterwards because I'm going to set the scene for worship. Is that okay? So uh, there's still a feast to come. Hallelujah. That's great, isn't it? We love being in God's presence. And uh, so I want to uh, share some stuff. We're beginning. Oh, that's cool. We're beginning a new series this morning uh, on the presence of God. And uh, we're going to continue for a few weeks on this theme of the presence of God. And I've called it Limitless is Spirit without measure and I'll I'll come to that in a moment Um, God is so much more than information isn't he it would be very tempting to think that Christianity is about uh, simply a creed about truth that we adhere to and we agree with and therefore we make the mental assent that we agree with the truth and we kind of think well that's my ticket to heaven I want to tell you this morning that actually God has designed you to not just read truth, but experience truth. In the Old Testament, uh, God wrote rules on a stone tablet. In the New Testament, by His Holy Spirit, He writes truth on your heart. I say it again because it was really good. And I'm just waiting for the caffeine to kick in and for you to make me a good preacher this morning. In the New Testament, by the experience of the Holy Spirit, He writes truth on your heart. Oh, Jesus. He doesn't simply want you to look at a book and obey a set of rules. He wants to transform you from the inside out. By an experience of His Holy Spirit. The Bible also calls that His presence. We might say the anointing. We may speak of His glory. They're they're a little bit interchangeable and we're going to just break those down. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit this morning and His role in your life. And when I've spoken for, I don't know, half an hour, we're going to seek God together. Is that okay? And it's going to get hot in here. And I don't mean temperature. It's going to get a bit flamey in here. Hearts are going to burn in this place. We're going to sense the presence of the King of Kings walk through this auditorium and you're going to sense him this morning because he's here and he wants to transform you not merely by information, but he wants to transform you by impartation. He doesn't want you to know God in a lecture from a distance. He wants you to know God in your heart. He is in me. Did my heart not burn within me? The disciples said, as we spoke with Jesus, it's not just the truth. He is the truth. And he walks through rooms and he walks with people and he lives in people today. Amen. So there's my introduction. I want us to seek God this morning. And it may get a little bit messy near the end. That's okay. We'll kind of tumble out of here at 12. In Luke 16, don't turn to it. In Luke 16, there's a, there's a story of a rich man and a poor man called Lazarus. Not the Lazarus who was raised from the dead. It's another story. There's a rich man who has great wealth and he, he dies. And the poor man, Lazarus, dies as well. And the rich man goes to hell, to Hades. And, and the poor man is up in heaven with Abraham. And the Bible as Jesus puts it, the story goes like this. In, it's Luke 16, 23, if you want to write it down. In Hades, where he was in torment, the rich man looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. 
So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. Listen to this. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm in agony in this fire. The rich man's in the fire of hell and he cries out and he cries for one thing. He says, can I have just a little bit of water? A little bit of refreshing because I'm in agony in this fire. I want you to realize something this morning. There's no water in hell. But Psalms tells us that the streams of God are full of water. Hell is dry. Heaven has rivers and streams. And I know we're talking experiential things here, but work with me. I've got no other way to put it to you. If it's how the Bible puts it, then it's how I've got to put it. There are streams in heaven. Psalm 65 verse 9 says, you care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. Listen, the streams of God are filled with water talking of the Holy Spirit, talking of the presence of God, talking of God's words of life. Remember Jesus said, my, my words are spirit and they are life. God's voice is like rushing waters. It's not something you just leave on a book. It's something that rushes into you and transforms you. That's what the presence of God does. Have you touched him yet? Has he touched your heart yet? Has he transformed you? Not by information, but by transformation and impartation on the inside of you. I felt God and was transformed. Some of us need to learn to drink, not just read. Life without water is hell. Life, come on, work with me. Life is so much more than formula and to-do lists and things that we are sent to and, and rules and expectations. Life is about comfort and joy and love and peace and feeling and presence and sensation. God made you to experience life in all of its fullness. We are not here to simply mentally assent to God and sing Him songs because He's some insecure deity in the heavens. He says, I want to live amongst you and walk amongst you. I want to be amongst my people. I want you to know me. To know me. Life without water is hell. But there are streams, limitless streams available to us. How much are you drinking from the streams of God today? He made you to drink. He made you to drink. Amen. Amen. Listen to this. Acts 2.28 says this. It's in the Amplified Version, so it's really loud. I'm so excited. I'm exhausted. You've made known to me the ways of life. Listen to this. You will enrapture me with and in your presence. I've missed out a bit. Let me put the amplified extra section here. They put those brackets in. You will enrapture me, diffusing my soul with joy. Diffusing my soul with joy. Diffusing. I looked up diffusing. It means to intermingle by movement. So by movement, I'm going to mingle one thing with another. 
When you stand in the presence of God, be it in church or in your own quiet prayer time, or as you go through your day and you sense the presence of God move across your life, you feel Him, you sense Him. What is God doing? He is intermingling Himself with you. This, this, is, this is what Jesus died to do. There was truth in the Old Testament, but it didn't transform the hearts of the hearers. The truth of the New Testament is this, I'll die, Jesus said, so I can call you holy ground. Then I can walk across the earth of your life with my feet and transform you from the inside out. His presence diffusing in my heart. I intermingle. Say mingle. Say to the person next to you, I'm mingling with God right now. Turn to the other side, say have a mingle. We need to learn to mingle with God. Why? Because life is not just information. When we talk of the presence, the power, the Spirit of God, we're talking of through the Bible pages of comfort. Who needs some comfort this morning? You need to drink of God's Spirit, of rest, of ease, of wisdom, of, listen to this, of being carried. Anybody need that? Of being lifted, of joy, of love, of peace. A biblical peace. Remember, we looked at it the other week. Nothing broken, nothing missing. I, the diffusion of who I am into who you are. When I mingle with you by movement, I move across your soul and you sense me. I'm changing you. It's not just a goosebump. It's a transformation taking place. Amen? Amen. Who we need to be. Psalm 36 verse 8 in the Amplified Bible says this both high and low, talking of people, both, in other words, everyone, both high and low, they relish and feast on the abundance of your house and you cause them to drink from the stream of your pleasures. I'll say it again because you cause them to drink from the stream of your pleasures. I think the NIV says, your river of delights. Yabba, Dabba, Come on, you Greek scholars, do. <laughs> Yabba dabba do. Now listen, here's the point. This stream, this river is limitless. God is limitless. John 3.36 says this. He gives His Spirit without measure. He's limitless. Can you imagine the infinite, omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent God is saying, I want to give you my spirit without measure. I want to give you my spirit without limit to transform you. The Amplified of John 3.34, sorry, it's John 3.34 that says he gives his spirit without measure. The Amplified puts it this way. Listen to this. You better amen this. This is good. And it's Bible, so you're caught. God does not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure. Listen. But boundless is the gift of God. Boundless is the gift of God, making of His Spirit. Wow! The boundless gift of the Holy Spirit. How much Holy Spirit you got? Well, according to Him, limitless and boundless. Where are you at, dry bones? Are you doing too much thinking and not enough drinking? That was good. That'll tweet. Come on, tweeters, get your tweet. That too much thinking and not enough drinking. God is an experiential God. Come on, just take it to marriage. Is it just conversation? Is it just, you know, well, I mentally assent to the fact I love you. 
who is it they asked? I, I won't say. It was a, a, a well-known, and, and the guy says, well, what is love? Can you remember that? Don't shout at who is. Well, what is love? Mental. True love is felt. More than telt. That's for the Yorkshire people, that. You feel him. And he's limitless saying, I'm coming to you with limitless power. So work with me. Work with me. We're going to look at... I've got to keep moving. He is limitless, but we experience him in levels. Okay? He is limitless. He is all-powerful. He contains the universe inside of him and he wraps around it and he fills it. This awesome God is limitless. And yet we experience levels. Okay? Now just just work with me. Um, The word presence is going to sit over here. The word glory is going to sit over here because they're levels of the same thing. The presence of God literally means the face of God. It's like when an adult bends down and looks a child in the face. That's what the presence of God means. It's God coming close to you. And it is full of approval. The word presence literally also means it's light, almost frivolous. There's something light about the presence of God. But the glory of God speaks of heaviness and weightiness and all of God's goodness being revealed. It's the whole person of God leaping into our sight, leaping into our senses, and we experience Him in His fullness. Okay? Now, let's, let's go over here because I want you to figure out where you're at along here. Presence. Maybe, maybe you're over here and you sense nothing. Well, well seek Him. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute presence, lightness, the face of God, almost like the introduction of heaven. Here at the light end of presence, uh, we, we, we sense a little stirring, a little excitement, butterflies. Anybody ever get that? A little, a little tingling. Maybe you got it this morning. A little, your heart kind of burning a little bit inside of you. A little bit of a, a sense that there's something in the room that's exciting and drawing your attention. I put here peaceful, a tingle. I always remember one of our uh, expressions when we were doing expressions around this city. A couple of girls there, unsaved, stood there going, can you sense that? What is it? It's a tingle. Can you sense the tingle? Yeah, there's a tingle. And they walked out and then they walked back in and said, it's come back again. There's a tingle. You know, there's just that light. It's light and presence of God's stuff. Some people talk of waves of his presence. Somebody walked into Bridlington Avenue once, a couple of ladies that only heard us on the radio. And they said, it's like, it hit us like a wave. The sensation of God. Some people simply feel approval and peace, excitement, energy. You're stirred. Did our hearts not burn within us. Listen, this is the light end. Say light end. This is the light end of presence. If this is where you're living, I want to tell you, God's limitless. There's a lot more. Don't be content to just come to church for 90 minutes just to feel a bit of approval. There's so much more that God has for you. So much more. And so we're moving towards glory. We're getting into the, I don't know. I don't even know what to call this. It's all a bit clunky, isn't it? But, it? but it'll work. You'll know what I mean. Some people here at a deeper level, it's not just a feeling of excitement or approval or peace. Now we start to tremble under the power of His presence, anybody? People begin to fall over, overwhelmed by the power of God. At one of our church plants, one of the girls came in and she, she fell down, unsaved, under the presence of God, stood up and said, what was that? It was the presence of God. I better get saved then. 
completely overwhelmed by the power of God. Then we get into realms of prophecy and wisdom and words of knowledge and tongues. I, I was preaching at one place and I stood up and I was, I was a little bit excited before I preached. So as I'm getting up, you know, I prayed a bit in tongues out loud and then I did my preach and it was all fine and dandy. And then afterwards, this African lady came up and said, she said, did you know what you just said? What, what do you mean? At the beginning of your preach, do you know what you said? Um, I, did I speak in tongues? You spoke in tongues. And you said in my language, you said to us, sit down and listen to the words of the king. <laughs> I quite like that. I think he's the king though. Don't worry about that. Amen. Stuff goes on. Prophecy, wisdom, understanding. Come on. There's deeper places in God to go. I remember once a young, young preacher, Andrew, Andrew Murray, when he was a youth pastor, came to one of our conferences. He came to our conference for his stag do. <laughs> and so he was there and we were going to take the offering and I just felt in my spirit, you need to take the offering for Andrew. And I'm like, oh, great, you know. Okay, so, so we did. I said, look, I know we're supposed to take the offering for us, but we're going to take it for this young youth pastor from a church down the road and we're just going to bless him. It's, he's here in his stag do and we want to bless, bless him with some money. So we took the offering and we gave, I don't know what it was, a thousand pound or something, and we gave him the money and, and, and he didn't really say too much to me, but off he went. And it was about six months or a year later, his, I met his dad and he said, don't, did he never tell you what that was about? I said, no, I have no idea what it was about. He had no money. He came on the stag do because they're going to go for a Chinese meal, hoping that everyone else was going to pay for him, trusting that protocol would win out because he had zero money. He had nothing to eat before the wedding. He had a yogurt in the fridge. That's all he had to live on. He had no money. And then he arrives at the conference saying, well, I'm still going to, I'm going to honor God with what I've got and turn up where I feel I should be, even on my stag do. And then God says, give him the money from the conference. That's our God. Realms of wisdom, words of knowledge. Over here, we feel approval. Let me tell you, as it gets deeper, we start to feel conviction. We get the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We start to have dreams and, and visions and divine appointments. Things begin to happen where you realize God is orchestrating your life as we get deeper into the things of the Spirit and the things of God. I remember driving home from Doncaster Dome on the, I think it would have been the Saturday night, and we're driving back about 11 o'clock and we've got about, Vicky and I have got about 20 miles and we, we need to stop for fuel. So we stop for fuel about 20 miles from where Doncaster Dome is and I fill the car with, with fuel and go and pay for it. And I'm walking back and one other car is drawn up and is getting fuel under the, the, the forecourt of this lonely garage. Uh, and, and as I walk across, suddenly this person looks up and goes, it's you. And I'm like, it is, you know, it is me. And she said, we've just been at the conference, but there was just one thing that we felt God hadn't done. And so as we drove away, we prayed, God, if you're supposed to do this thing, let us meet Jared on the way home. So as I walk across the forecourt, she goes, it's you. And I'm like, yep. You know, and I had my kind of post-conference glaze on. I was tired, hair sticking out everywhere, you know, all sweaty from the conference. So there on the forecourt, the garage, the staff in the shop looking on. She's shaking under the power of the Holy Spirit on this forecourt. And I'm looking at the diesel on the floor, praying she doesn't fall for the sake of her nice jacket. There are divine appointments as God begins to move and maneuver us. Come on, we want to get into this world of prophecy and, and the moving of God and people being overwhelmed by His presence. 
I don't want tidy church my whole life. I want to know God is in the church. I want people to walk in and say, God is among you. Not just good songs, not just good community, but God is among you. Amen. Then we get to glory. Our miracles and, and healings. Remarkable things that God does. I haven't got time to go into all of it, but okay, healings and miracles we know about. People, the Bible says the priests could not serve when the glory turned up. I've experienced times when I've been struck dumb by the power of the Holy Spirit. Silence for two hours as the glory of God moved. People overwhelmed by the power of God. I remember being in downtown South Africa, three hours of an incredible meeting. Where are these meetings gone where people spin on the spot and run or overwhelmed by the power of God and the preacher couldn't preach even if he wanted to. These are the realms of glory. And as I walked out of that, that, that church, Three hours later, there were bodies in the street outside. People over, and I'm telling you, it's a rough neighborhood. Gunshots and stuff like that. Bullet holes in signs. And and there, people overwhelmed by the glory of God. There's places to go in God's spirit. Believers control the weather. Weird signs and wonders like teeth turning to gold, gems appearing. Have you seen on YouTube the videos of it raining inside buildings? And I'm not talking about sprinkler systems going wrong. Proper spread out, even rain right the way across the building. All the musicians are running to move their musical instruments away from the rain because a sign and a wonder's taking place. It's raining inside. These are the realms of glory. But I'm happy with my little bit of approval. No, come on, people. These are the realms of glory where God moves. I remember leading worship in one meeting and people started crying out across the crowd because it it was something that had been going on that weekend. So halfway through worship, they're all looking inside each other's mouths and people were crying out, my teeth are turned to gold. The fillings, the fillings are turned to gold. Three people's teeth had turned to gold. I didn't even know why. I don't even know if I approve, but they turned to gold. I don't know about you, I'd sell it and have the old ones put back in. There was a German guy in the meeting. He went after the meeting, rang his wife in Germany, said, ah, three people's fillings turned to gold. She said, well, you've got fillings of yours. He said, well, I never looked. She said, well, look. So he goes over to the mirror. Ah, my fillings have turned to gold. Weird stuff that just says, I'm God. If he can turn up in clouds, if physical winds can blow through buildings as people have experienced time again, if the dead can be raised, if miracles take, can take place, why not among us? Why not in our services? Why not in our prayer meetings? The glory of God. So, presence to glory. How do we go deeper? How do we go deeper in the things of God? Well, let me turn a corner for a moment. I want to talk about supply and demand. Say supply. Say demand. Great businesses are at the mercy of supply and demand. If you don't learn supply and demand, you won't be in business for long. Because it doesn't matter how good your product is, people have got to want it. Yeah. You can make a wonderful product, but if there's no demand for it, you'll go out of business. Whatever happened to Blockbuster? Still clinging on. Is it? I haven't been. Has it gone? Ah, oh, I haven't been for ages. Exactly. It's not that movies are any worse or better than they used to be, but the demand has changed. So suddenly, what was great, there's now no demand. Doesn't matter how powerful you are, if there's no demand for what you have, People won't take what you have. Cassettes. I used to love cassettes. 
Come on, a cassette and a pencil. Raise your hand if you know the connection. Well done, you people. All the youngsters are like, you're weird. Yeah, we're weird. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with cassettes. They played perfectly fine music. But the demand for them went. Without demand, it doesn't matter what the supplier has. Without demand, you will not be in business. Amen? Amen. I want you to realize God deals with us on supply and demand. He doesn't supply to us based on our need. Because if he did, the whole world would be sorted out in an instant. Isn't that right? If he just saw need and fixed it, it would all be fixed. But the Bible doesn't set us up like that. It says this, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, then you'll be filled. In other words, I get what I demand. I'm preaching good. You're doing great, Jared. Thank you, Father. Do you think they're going to get it? I'm not sure, son. We're doing our best. I'm sending extra angels. Thank you, Father, please. Especially to the back row. They're a long way away. And I'm sure I can hear some snoring even now. God is limitless, all-powerful, all-knowing. And yet He's limited Himself to give to us according to our appetite. You have what you long for and nothing more. He's limited himself to say, when you demand of me, I will give to you. John 7 puts it this way. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, that's why I'm shouting this morning, (laughs) let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Anyone who's thirsty can experience the deeper, ultimately limitless levels of God's glory. You've just got to want it. He is powerful. He has all the supply you need. You simply experience what you demand. When you are thirsty, He gives to you. God won't force feed you. You have what you want. That's why it says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul longs for you. I think we misinterpret the longings. We try and fill it with leisure and pleasure and more holidays and a bigger TV and materialism. And so the, the, the pangs that we have for eternity, we fill with junk food and wonder why when we've eaten, we're still hungry. So we go back for more and we end up just fat and in, unable to move in the things of God. Listen, the longings that you have are for God. He made you to drink from His river of pleasures and delight. Things that would satisfy you. Blessed is he who hungers and thirsts. He shall be filled. Remember the pot of oil that never ran dry? As long as she demanded, she brought another empty container, then the oil would not flow. God is limitless. Yet he's limited by our appetite. Wow. Turn to the person next to you and say, how's your appetite? It's funny, isn't it, how two people similar size can eat a meal and one goes, oh, I think I'll have some more, please. And that the other one quickly pushes the plate away. No, that's enough, thank you. I've had enough. Have you said of God at the approval, burning heart, a little bit of a sense of his presence level, I've had enough, thank you. Maybe even all that scares me a little bit. 
I've had enough. The Bible talks about ankle deep and knee deep and waist deep and a river that cannot be crossed, Ezekiel 47. Have you got ankle deep and said, I'm just going to live here. I've got enough to wash my guilt away, but I don't really want to know him. I want the inheritance and the blessing, but I don't want him. Isn't that what the prodigal son did? I want the money, not the relationship. And Jesus died for you, for relationship. Longing, longing, appetite. Wow. What demand are you putting on God's limitless supply? I guarantee you, if the demand you put on God is 90 minutes on a Sunday morning, He will be to you a 90 minute a week God. That's all He'll be. Because of His grace, He'll be that. He'll be a 90 minute. In fact, for some of you, He's a 90 minute once every three weeks, God. That went down well. In fact, for some, it's not even 90 minutes. It's an hour and a quarter by the time we get up the back there. (laughs) What demand are you placing on God? Because He's limitless. He's limitless. He's limitless. He's promised you His Spirit without measure. What demand? What demand? You see, I don't go to the prayer meeting, particularly to listen to the guy at the front. I go to have another hour and a half to say, right, I'm going to get in His presence and connect. I'm going to draw down from heaven. Why? Because I'm hungry. I want a bit more. Sunday morning wasn't enough. I go to connect group. Why? Because I want more. I have a prayer life. Why? Because I want more. This isn't enough. I want to go deeper. And I know He is waiting for my appetite. He will meet me at the place of my cravings. How are your God cravings doing? Or are you religious? 2 Chronicles 7.14, listen to this, amplified again. Whoa, this is good. If my people who are called by my name, you know it, shall humble themselves and pray and seek, listen to this, crave. Crave, say crave. 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 I've got to have him. And require of necessity my face. Wow. I require of necessity your face. We know face means presence. I require of necessity your presence in my life. Principle isn't enough. Promise isn't enough. I want the face of God looking at me. I want to be like Moses, face to face. I require of necessity. Now, God, you see, the reason why God would go silent for decades and sometimes centuries until the Bible says, and then they began to call on the name of the Lord. He waits until humanity gets hungry. Limitless God is in heaven saying, when will someone seek me and long for me and crave for me? Because the moment you call on the name of the Lord, He says, I'm coming. I will meet you at the place, the altar of your appetite. I will meet you there. When you long, I'm coming. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Long, long for me. Require of necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways. Listen what happens. Then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. I'll heal their land. My eyes will be open. My ears attentive. My name will be there. My eyes and my heart will be there forever. Where? Where they crave and require of necessity my face. Are you craving the face of God? Are you longing? Because here's today's truth. He's limitless but limited by our appetite. 
long for more of Him. I'm 44 years of age. I've experienced some little bits of glory and a whole lot of presence. I tell you, I'm looking at this end of the planet. I'm not looking to go dry. Hell is dry. I'm looking for torrents and rivers of the presence of God. I've seen the river of God's presence overwhelming our nation. But someone somewhere has to crave for God. Not for a better career, not for more money, not for a bigger TV. Why are there miracles in Africa, but not in the UK? I mean, that's a huge generalization. Why? Because they need them. (laughs) Not the same medical care. So they crave and God turns up. We don't crave. We, We do aspirin and doctors first and last resort God. And we start craving too late on. Crave. Crave. Look into the distance of all that God is and crave crave for God. Amen.